0: You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get
1: their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Show, uh, special guest, Debbie Sardone, uh, Cody owner of the Lawn Care Millionaire Studio, Mike Callahan in sunny New York this time, one time around. So uh, it was snowing Sunday, but right now, uh, weather is taking a turn for the better. Um, this week, we are going to be talking to Debbie about the five things successful people do differently. Um Going to give Debbie a chance to talk, uh, give a little background if you've never heard who she is, but um, owns a wildly successful cleaning business. Uh, also owns another business called Cleaning for the Pros, uh, Speed Cleaning, and uh, also a business called uh, Cleaning for a Reason, and also is the uh, past president of Artsy. So um, really, Debbie, want to thank you for your time. I know you're a really hard person to get a hold of, so the SA community here watching, um, is blessed to have you on. But uh, if no if someone who's never heard of you, what if you might give us a quick background of your your industry background, how you cut your teeth in cleaning, and then how that kind of turned into um speed cleaning. And then uh really would interest in hearing about um cleaning for a reason too. I heard about that about a year or two ago when I um was at one of the QDS conferences. And I think that's just a great, great cause um to maybe shed a little light on that as well.
0: Well thank you. I'm honored to be here. This is very exciting. And uh, so a little bit about my background, I started my own cleaning business out of my trunk of my car, like so many other cleaning business owners have, just cleaning houses. I did it for eight years. I loved it. This was a long time ago. I won't even say how long. And um, I built that business up to over a million and a half in sales each year. I've been 100% absentee owner for about 10 years. So my business runs itself. I have a staff of about 35 that keep the things going. And um, I just go in for about an hour a week if I'm in town and do a little consulting with the office manager. But for the most part, I work from home. I'm a full-time business, uh, cleaning business development um, consultant, and I work with cleaning businesses all over the world to help them fix their broken business or improve their business, like employee turnover, profitability, and just scaling it, scaling the business for growth. About 12 years ago, I started Cleaning for a Reason, which is a nonprofit. I'm 100% volunteer. I've never taken a paycheck. And we invited over 1,200 maid services to join our program over the last 12 years. And we have about 1,200 cleaning companies that are donating cleanings to women who are battling cancer. And so far, as a group, we've helped over 28,000 women who had cancer get their home cleaned completely for free. So I'm really... I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of the cleaning companies that have joined. Um, And then the last thing, and I won't bore you with all the stuff I do, but the last thing is about eight years ago, my husband and I bought the speed cleaning business from Jeff Campbell. who was really kind of the father of cleaning. He was the male Martha Stewart before Martha Stewart existed. And um, I just fell in love with the speed cleaning brand 25 years ago when I was building my business. And we bought that company, and now we're the manufacturer of all those wonderful eco-friendly cleaning products and of course the entire line of speed cleaning training products so that's me i do work a lot but i love every minute of it
1: love it great great stuff debbie and and that that cleaning for reason was just mind-blowing um and we're going to talk about the five things that successful people do differently And it ties right into the speed cleaning a lot of things that you teach preach and actually practice within your own business Um, I don't know, Cody, if you have any questions, we want to hop right into it and just start providing the content and uh, value here of, of these five things. And then if you have any comments or questions, drop them below. And if we have some time, we'll answer them live. And then myself, Debbie, and Cody will keep an eye on this feed too as we go on after if people are watching this recorded. Drop those questions below and we'll be happy to um, answer those questions the best we can. Cody, you have anything uh, before we really dive into it that uh, you're interested in asking Debbie?
2: Don't, don't let me get in the way of actual useful content. I am, uh, I am here to learn.
1: All right. Well, Debbie,
2: we'll, uh, what would be the
1: first thing that we're looking at is, is successful people do differently than other people in these service industries. And if you're watching the lawn care or pest control business, um, I've been to a lot of these conferences um, that Debbie has been at. So there's some great crossovers. I so don't think if you don't own a lawn care or a home cleaning company that this is not applicable. Uh, some of the best stuff that I picked up in the last 24 to 48 months has been right from the cleaning industry. Um, it's basically the same thing on the inside. Uh, we, we share a lot of the same common problems and challenges in growing and scaling a business. So um, that being said, Debbie, I'll, I'll let you hop into it.
0: Well, you're absolutely right. The concepts for success and failure are universal and the things that work for a residential cleaning business actually in most cases will also work for any other type of business, especially a service business like the lawn care industry. So as I was writing down five things that successful business owners or successful people do differently, I thought, man, there's like 10 or 15 I'd like to write down. But I did pull out five things that just keep popping up, especially in my consulting calls when I talk with people who are struggling and they need help with their business. And the very first thing that came to my mind was successful people are crystal clear on what they want. And people who are not successful don't really know what they want. They haven't defined it. And it's no wonder they haven't hit the target. They don't know what the target is. They haven't hit the bullseye because they don't know what the bullseye is. And when you're crystal clear on what you want in your business, it makes it easier and more likely that you will pursue that. I'll give you an example. I ask people all the time, what do you want in your business? They call me. They're like, Debbie, I've been cleaning for 10 years. I'm still in the field. I, I'm not earning what I should be earning. And a lot of people in lawn care are the same way. I'm still pushing a mower too many days out of the week when there's a crisis or whatever. And I will ask them, okay, if I could help you, what do you want? And invariably, they can't define it. And I would say this is the majority of the time. They cannot define it. Rarely do they say. I'd like to be making $100,000 a year. I'd like to quit working 80 hours a week and maybe work 30 or 40. And I want more time with my family. Rarely do I get that. I hear things like, I want more employees who are happy. I uh, I want my customers to be happy. You know, it's like, is that really what you want? Is that why you work your head off? Is so everybody else will be happy? And so when you're crystal clear about what you want, do you want more income? Then say it. Do you want more freedom? Maybe the income is not your big driving force. It's not bad. But you don't have any freedom. You have no quality of life. You work seven days a week. You emotionally are never done. You're working like a dog. Define what you want because until you do, you're not going to get it. So that's number one. So how, clear.
2: How, how granularly are we defining those goals? Because like, you were throwing out like actual numbers. So would you encourage people to sit down and like write on a piece of paper, I want x y and z and just lay those things out pretty precisely
0: absolutely until you write it down and name it you're not going to get it because most of us aren't going to fall into success and so literally write it down and i think success for most people is defined in two or three ways usually it's defined by financial success because you can't have freedom if you don't have financial success. So usually we need to name financial success and then we need to name personal success. And what does that look like? I want to be home in time for dinner every night, not just sometimes when there's not a crisis. I don't ever want to have to work Sundays figuring payroll or entering data or returning customer calls. Uh, You know, define what you want in terms of your financial goals and, your personal goals, and too many people leave out the personal. They'll say, I'd like to be making $150,000 a year, and that's it. Well, what else? Well, I don't want to clean anymore. Okay, what else? I want time with my kids. What else? I want time to create a hobby. What else? I want to buy a bigger home. What else? I want to buy a nicer car. All my friends have great cars, and mine's a piece of crap. Define it, and then work backwards
1: to get it. And that's great feedback to that answer. Um, and if I, if you don't mind me, we do dig in and peel the layers back here a little bit. Um, now, do you do you subscribe to something um, similar, similar like the Rockefeller habits, where you're, you're creating like a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal, and you're backing that into yearly goals, monthly goals? And I know a lot of the successful people that I work with and interact with drive those down to daily goals. So if you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, are you tracking these things by numbers? Or how how would you suggest tracking? Um, these things you're doing every day and how they lead into your monthly or quarterly goals through yearly. And then maybe if you have a, a BHAG of a 10 to 15 year goal, you're trying to go, how would you suggest for a service business owner um, to be clearly defined on these? And are we just saying we got them done or are they, are, are they marked with a number? How do you track that?
0: Well, we could go deep for an hour on just this one topic. So what I would say is the very first step in doing the things that that successful people do is getting crystal clear on what you want. And yes, we can go deep. You can, you know, get some training. You can um, work backwards using the numbers and and break your business down by the numbers. It's like, well, why am I not making a hundred thousand dollars a year because of the revenue and the profit margins and all the chaos and all the drama. So you definitely want to start working backwards. But it always starts with defining what you want first because you're not going to get it. And definitely books like Profit First and taking a course like Cleaning Business Fundamentals. All the tools that, that are available to us. But just having all this help fragmented oftentimes does not get you to where you want to be. So. You know, we could spend several hours on that. <laughs>
1: sure. well, I just want to dive in a little bit. Huge fan of Mike McAllowitz, too, Profit First. Um, it's something that's really been big in the the SA ecosystem as well. Um, as far as the second thing that you think that most successful people do differently, uh, what were you looking to kind of dive into that?
0: Well, and the second thing is, and this kind of helps with where you're going with, okay, well, what are the next steps? The second thing is staying focused. So many times people get motivated they define their goals they decide okay this is what i want and they get hyper focused for a short period of time they read profit first and they start working on their their you know understanding their margins and their profitability and putting them in buckets and monitoring them and managing them and they begin to put things in place maybe they take a training course maybe they begin to automate some things like you know using service autopilot and infusionsoft and so forth but then they lose focus and maybe they have a few wins, and they get sidetracked, or they get caught back up in the daily grind, and they're back into their business as a technician just grinding it out. They're not doing the things that will move them forward. They lose focus. They begin to chase sparkly things. I think entrepreneurs are the world's worst at the sparkly object syndrome because we tend to be very creative, and before we reach our income goals, or our quality of life goals, we see some other little sparkly thing and we go chase after that. And we undermine those original goals we had. We're not even there yet. We're chasing something new. I think about people who have a big heart and a desire to start a nonprofit. I've coached so many business owners since I started a nonprofit who saw my sparkly object and said, I want to start a nonprofit too. It's like, but you're not even successful at the business you already have. And starting a bu- a nonprofit is starting a business. Don't chase a new sparkly object. People that go into the cleaning business and probably the same thing in the lawn care industry, they're like, okay, I'm cleaning houses and I'm doing post construction cleanup. I'm going to add cluttering and organizing services. I'm going to add carpet cleaning and window washing and handyman services. like shiny object syndrome, get focused get really good at what you're doing, be profitable. And then if you want to add extensions to your business or launch a nonprofit or write a book or, you know, whatever, it's stay focused because chasing new shiny objects will undermine your ability to actually get your original goal, whatever that was monetary or, or freedom quality of life.
1: Awesome. And so obviously having that clear focus and that laser focus of what you want um, but if I'm hearing you right, maybe suggesting is only having maybe a core offering of three services. Maybe it's a weekly cleaning, a biweekly cleaning, and maybe a deep clean. But but don't do special holiday fridge cleanouts and stove cleanouts and window washing and things like that. Have a core focus of services until you actually hit that goal, and then at that point, kind of focus on uh, growing in the business or getting to a nonprofit or whatever else it would be. Yes. Yeah, succeed
0: into. at one thing before you chase after another thing. Now, oven clean out and fridge clean out all can be a part of residential cleaning if that's your core business, but adding all these additional services that require additional skill sets and additional equipment and different types of marketing and a completely different audience, that's when you begin to shift. And there is a book that I recommend called The One Thing. And I was looking to see if it's on my desk and I don't see it. And I sent it to one of my clients who had sparkly Objects syndrome. She wasn't yet successful at her residential cleaning business, but she was ready to launch a nonprofit and launch the, you know, cleaning and organizing services and a bunch of other ideas. And they were all great ideas. And when she reaches her monetary goals, those are all great things for her to pursue. So I recommended to her, read the book, the one thing <laughs> stay focused
1: love it a squirrel. <laughs> squirrel 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 well, great advice debbie another book too that goes right along that that thought pattern if people haven't seen it, is right right by mike mccallowicz is the uh, pumpkin plan um talks about mm-hmm. focusing on uh just that um so great insight there um as we're moving along if anybody has any questions drop them in the comments here below live or recorded we're going to get to those um moving on to the third and uh next insightful thing here
0: All right, so the next thing I wrote down is abandon perfectionism. Understand that successful people know that done is better than perfect. And I think a lot of people who started out as technicians in their own business, such as the cleaning industry and whatnot, we tend to be perfectionists because nobody can do it better than us. And our perfectionism holds us back. It keeps us from delegating, it keeps us from growing, it keeps us from expanding. And it's very hard to reach bigger goals if you have them. If you're a perfectionist, you have to understand: done is better than perfect. And and successful people get that.
1: Yeah, that's that's one of the hardest lessons I learned as I was growing in scaling business. A first draft is better than no draft. Um, even though I, you can see the magazine articles behind me. I write in the magazine, but it, it I have have multiple people edit and proofread those before I can go. So that's honestly, I hate doing live video, um, but. And and you botch it up all the time, but that allowed me it allowed me the speed to get that the work and the content out as fast as possible. So when I overcame that hurdle of you know what these videos aren't going to be perfect, but no one cares. It's relatable, and if there's a few typos, it's not awful because you're still going to get out there and you're still going to get some return on your investment. So I couldn't agree with you more, and that is one of the biggest things with a lot of the service industry, lawn care, home cleaning, pest control, people that we're we're working with in the SA community is um, people are paralyzed by perfection. But by the time you're yeah. perfect, your competitor's 10 steps down the road and it doesn't matter if you're perfect or not because you're gonna- You already lost. Three, four months to catch up to them, exactly, so. I,
0: and I'll tell you, especially in the cleaning industry, where it's so hands-on and it's so personal, a lot of business owners will tell me, I'm so frustrated, I've been cleaning in the field forever, I thought I'd be out of the field by now, on my way to a million dollar maid service, and here I am stuck behind a mop, and I can't get out from behind the mop. And she said, basically, every time I try to hand off some of my clients to an employee I've trained, my customers don't want anybody in my house but me. And it is that fear of transition, it is the fear that it won't be perfect anymore that holds us back. And the reality is the fear is worse than the reality and done is better than perfect. You know, you've heard the phrase, uh, ready, fire, aim. Well, the most successful entrepreneurs, oftentimes they were ready, they fired and then later they aimed. It's like, if it's 80% right, in most cases it's ready to go. Otherwise you'll end up, like you said, 10 steps behind your competition.
2: Yeah. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good.
1: Absolutely.
2: And I think that's great advice too. So if you,
1: if you, if you are a business owner and still a technician and you're on the, on the truck or the cleaning crew, um, that's not a terrible thing. We've all been there. And if that's where you want to be, I'm totally good with that too. But if your goal is to get off that truck or off that cleaning crew um, and it sounds awful, but you are to some extent, especially in the beginning, at least in my experience, I'm curious what you think, Debbie is, um, that quality standard may be 110% with you. Well, it may come down to 95%, but that, that little margin of error, um, if we follow up with, with different touch points and quality controls, um, I, I think that's better because that's gonna get you off the truck, allow you to start working on the business and build some process and systems to ensure that 5% they're missing eventually comes back up to close to 100%. But it's never gonna be perfect if you're not on that truck or cleaning crew. And I think that's that seems to be one of the biggest hurdles of growth to get from maybe that 750 to a million mark when you have to start delegating things that you are have your hands on 24 seven. Um, And you're never going to have a life outside of your business or be able to scale a successful business for the long term um, without a potential heart attack, in my opinion. So, well, um, And here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing, Mike. People, business owners, technicians in their own business, think that customers expect and demand perfection. And that's actually a myth. We actually think that. But it isn't true Um, that 95 percent that it could have been instead of 110 percent. Is something you donated to the customer. They would never have paid you for perfection because they aren't going to pay you more than the going rate for any service. And so we tend to donate that, that distance between 95% and 110 because 95% should be excellence. I don't even embrace good. That's what our competitors are. We all want to believe our, our competitors are bad. Not all of them are bad. Many of our competitors are good. So. We don't have to trade perfection for just good or mediocre, which is most people's fears. We can actually trade it for excellence. People will pay for excellence all day long. They won't pay for perfection, they'll just take that distance between excellence and perfection for free as a bonus, which we give to them as business owners.
1: Awesome, awesome stuff. Cody, do you have anything else before we hop into the uh, next successful trade? Yeah, let's hit hit
2: point four.
0: All All right, point number four. Nail it, then scale it. Successful people understand they've got to nail it first and then scale it, then double it, then triple it, then quadruple that business. Fix your broken business before you pour on the gas and the flame of growth. I talk to people all the time. Their profitability is terrible or non-existent. Their employee turnover is rampant and uh, the quality is up and down. And the training is non-existent, it's not systemized in any way. They have not created uh, an objective standard that can be duplicated. And then they, they call and they say, help me grow my business. Well, you don't want to grow something that's broken. Because when you do, you double and triple the problems. You double and triple the chaos. You double and triple the lack of profitability. It rarely just works itself out because you grew. So. Successful people understand, let me fix the operations. Let me fix the profitability. Let me improve the employee retention and the customer experience and quality. Now, let me grow it. So nail it first, then scale it up.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Obviously, you don't want to replicate a broken system. So that Definitely, I, I can speak to that because uh, that was one of the things we started to do before when we started to scale out so quickly. We had to pull it back, fix it, get things in line, and get the right people in place, the right right, right people the right seats on the bus. Um, so that definitely makes sense. Um, you know,
0: growth, growth doesn't fix broken operations. It might put a little more money in the bank, but it would have put a lot more money in the bank if you had fixed your operations before you started pouring on the growth. So that's why nail it, then scale it, which is also a book, <laughs> um, is critical if you want
1: to be successful. What, what do you do in your spare time, Debbie, between Facebook Live and reading all these books? Is there any I'm time left in a day? <laughs> I'm looking at a stack of about 10
0: books on my desk that I will be reading over the next couple of months. I read nonstop. If I'm on a plane, everybody else is sitting there on the plane playing solitaire, I'm soaking up information. <laughs>
1: So, Cody, if you were to guess, what do you think? Audible or hard copy books? I'm guessing the Audible.
2: She said we she has a stack that. of 10 books on her desk right now. Oh, well, you're no. very perceptive. A so,
0: <laughs> both. Um, mm-hmm. I usually buy a hard copy first because every one of my books are marked up with stars, lines, yellow highlight like crazy because I go back and review books. Um, but then I get Audible because I love hearing certain books. Just for reinforcement, The E Myth, I've listened to that book so many times, it is even funny. And um, sometimes I do Kindle. I'm not mm-hmm. a huge fan because I can't, I, I get frustrated. I'm like, where's a notepad? I got to write this down.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> awesome. Well, right before we dive into um, the fifth and final and grab a couple more Q&As, uh want to say what up, what's up to Cash Stewart. And it looks like Robinson has got, um, if you could share a couple of the book titles, I know you already named off a few, if there's any while well, he's on and a couple of the other viewers might be interested in, in some of the, the top five or six books that you'd recommend um, that, that work around these successful traits and things that people do.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Was that a question? Oh,
1: yeah. Would you mind a couple, listing a couple of the books?
0: I'm so sorry. I was reading my notes. I thought you were making announcements. <laughs> I just got busted on the live broadcast.
1: First draft better than no draft. Here we go. <laughs> okay, so the- oh, real
2: quick, uh, Deborah, you can highlight quotes on a on a Kindle.
0: Yes, I've seen that. It's just not good yeah. enough because I can't make a star and I can't make little notes in the margin. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Someone was
2: just asking if it was possible. Yes, so I wanted to make sure they knew it was.
0: Um, okay, so the question was, what books do I recommend, Mike?
1: Yeah, if you wouldn't mind yes. giving us a, just a few titles that you found successful in scaling your businesses that other people could could look into.
0: Some of my favorite books of all times that I will read more than one time. In fact, I review them almost every year. For sure, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. It's an amazing book. Every business owner should read it. I don't care what business you're in. Um, one of my favorite books regarding the, the, the importance of incremental progress is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. One of my favorite books. A, a, a competing book would be The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. I've read both of them. Darren Hardy's is a little bit of a, a heavier book, but it's the same concept. And then Jeff Olson's is a little bit lighter. I absolutely love that. Um, the, the other book by John Warlow that I love is called um, uh, Built to Sell. I'm looking at it on my oh, on my
1: shelf. One of my all-time favorites, at least three, four times a year. Um, if you haven't read that book, that is killer.
0: It's a great book. Because this is a book about fixing your broken business. Because oftentimes, after you fix your business that's making you miserable, you're like, why would I sell this? It's a nice little cash cow. I think I'll keep it and now I'm happy. Um, I mean, there's just, I, I love books. There's so many. Um, one book that I would say for helping you with your employees, because many of us have employees, would be by John Gordon and it's the energy bus. And I actually used that book for a, a half a day training event with my own staff. And we bought adorable little die cast yellow school bus and we made posters and but the energy bus about employee engagement and attitudes in the workplace and it's
1: fabulous book. I'll still check that one. I, I haven't heard of that one. So definitely to check either. that out.
0: Like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Want a free guide to secrets of simple growth automation? Head over to www.startsimplegrowth.com and click get started. We'll deliver our guide to your messenger. Plus enter to win a
1: free estimator chatbot. It's really good. Appreciate it. Well, I guess uh, on, on a, a number five and the final one here, and we'll get some Q and a, uh, and we know your time's very valuable, so we don't want to hold you hostage too long, but we really appreciate you hopping on here. And then at the end, just so I don't forget, we want to make sure we can um, tell people how they can reach out to you at the end when we finish up here, too. So Great. Cody, don't let me off the hook before we, uh, we close up near the end. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I'm
0: in no hurry, so we can definitely take some questions. And I'd love to tell them a little bit about how they can work with me or attend one of my conferences at the end. Perfect. But um, number five, I wrote down, and I think this is so critical when you see successful people in business, automate and delegate. This is so important and of course this goes along beautifully with understanding the relationship with perfectionism and not being able to reach your goals. Um, Automate and delegate. Successful people can double and triple and quadruple a business without the business taking over the owner's life. And that only happens if you learn to automate your processes and delegate the things that can't be automated through technology. And I thought about some things, especially since I was on this broadcast today, that I I preach constantly with my Cleaning Business Fundamentals members, is automation. Use software to do things that are eating up your time. And when a business owner gets crystal clear on what their time is worth, then they will stop doing what we all call $10 an hour work, even though there's really no such thing anymore as $12 an hour work. But when you understand what your time is worth, is your time worth $100 an hour, $75 an hour, $200 an hour, $300 an hour? If your time is worth that, then stop doing $10 an hour work that probably could be done through automating software like Infusionsoft. You and I talked a lot about Infusionsoft and how that integrates with Service Autopilot recreating an email, uh, intending to follow up with all those leads that got away. Oh, I'm going to do that when I have time and, and reinventing the wheel and creating an email and, and, oh, thank you for inquiring about my service. And here's a coupon and, and, and not automating that process is so easy or getting so overwhelmed as a business owner and hiring somebody to come on staff to do things that, you know, you pay somebody thirty thirty five thousand $35,000 a year because you're overwhelmed and you have them come in and do things that you could have automated with maybe a few hundred to a few thousand dollars a year. You know, we're not automating enough and we end up hiring employees to fill in the gap on things we could have automated and software like made service CRMs like service autopilot and others and um, services like Infusionsoft and others are An incredible way to not what I call step over a dollar to pick up a penny. You know, it's like, oh, I can't afford that. It's, you know, it's whatever per month. And then they go and hire an employee to do those things that could have been automated. Understand the value of your time. If you're doing some of these grunt work, repetitive tasks that could be automated through software, stop it. (laughs) That's my phrase. Stop it. Get automation and learn to delegate. If you're spending hours creating graphics design because you're too cheap to hire a graphics designer and you're trying to design your own brochure, go to fiverr.com and hire a provider for five bucks to design that postcard or design that that door hanger. Automate, delegate. I, I, I cannot emphasize that enough. Successful people know how to do this and they're committed to doing it. They're committing They've committed to not keep doing all the little repetitive tasks that don't need me as the owner to do. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. This wasn't even pre-rehearsed. So you couldn't speak any more candidly right to my, to to my passion of automations, but um, a a complete agreement in part of the thing, um, anybody who's, who's using service autopilot or maybe looking at using a service autopilot um, Debbie mentioned a few different automation platforms. They're all great. Uh, One thing we're finding is, Um, with a lot of the service autopilot members are coming from a product like Infusionsoft Um, and SA has just built their own internal automations that does pretty much the same thing. Um, So we find a lot of business owners are realizing they're they're creating double and triple entry. So they're automating the workflow and the data entry by making one point of contact through service autopilot off their website and having that automatically enter in. And then internally inside that system, um, it's tying into the scheduling, it's tying into the billing, it's tying into the, the CRM relationship, as far as the emails, text messages, and phone calls. Um, So that was one of the things that we find a lot of members that are being successful with SAR are combining these multiple platforms and combining them all in under the roof of service autopilot. So I think you really nailed it. It, it, Just by following up simply on an open estimate through automations, um, we found that a lot of people... um, gentlemen. That just wrote, uh, just wrote a post on uh, one of the Facebook pages there. He went from a 42% close ratio to almost 80% close ratio. And he'd actually rose, he raised his prices in between that, but just being able to consistently do the things that he was paying someone else to do, and they would forget to do it. Now the automation can consistently follow up each and every time um, until they got a yes or no answer. So it was, it was pretty insightful that, that the companies that are winning and now the business owners Working and pulling themselves out, and working on the strategic planning and growing the business, or spending time with friends and family that they much deserve after killing themselves 100-hour weeks at a time, um, are, are utilizing that te- technology and, and basically replicating themselves through technology. So, um,
0: and and I didn't just add that in as point number five. You didn't ask me to add it in. This is one of the things I preach in my cleaning business fundamentals course: is that business owners are notorious for stepping over a dollar. To save a penny or to pick up a penny and automation like Infusionsoft and Service Autopilot and any of the other platforms, people oftentimes look at the cost and they'll say, oh, you know, wow, this is going to cost, maybe someday I can afford it. And just like the gentleman you just described who increased his conversion rate, one of the examples I like to give to people is most business owners are way too overwhelmed to do the follow-up they always intended to do. And if they're pretty good at follow-up manually or through emails they create, they will probably follow up one or two times and then drop the ball. And if one customer converts as a result of sequential emails that you just put their name in because they were a lost prospect and it automatically reminded them over and over and over again, you should have hired us, you should have hired us, you should have hired us through a sequence of emails, When that person gets fed up with the cheaper service they went with, because oftentimes we'll lose somebody who says, you know, it's a little high. I think I'll go with, you know, I'll think about it. And they never call us back. And they go with the cheaper service. About the third month of receiving automatic campaigns from you, they're wondering why they're still putting up with the bad service they hired. And they've broken things and they've no-showed and their prices really aren't that great anyway. And now you're getting a phone call. One new recurring client, at least in the resident, residential industry, is easily worth $3,000 a year or more. If they're with you a year, two years, three years, we're looking at $3,000, $6,000, $9,000. And that's for one converted client because we put them into an automated nurturing campaign versus I'm just going to try to keep up myself, which we will never keep up. Yeah.
1: So that's why it made
0: it on my list.
1: Yeah. And I I was reading some stats last week. I actually made a video about it. um, These may not be the exact numbers, but I I think they said um, 80% of all sales are closed on five or more contacts and only 10% of all companies are doing that. So if you're wondering why the lawn care company, the home cleaning company down the street is just kicking your tail, if you're not following up at least five or more times, you're missing 80% of the sales in your in your geographic service area. Um, and only 10% of the companies is doing it. So 10% it's of the companies are killing them.
0: It's low yeah. hanging fruit. It's easy peasy. And we as business owners say, well, no, thank you. I'm going to go chase after the next really hard customer to win. It's so easy. They've talked with you. They probably have a good impression for whatever reason they didn't go with you. Now they go into a nurturing campaign and they get reminded continually, you should have hired us. We're still here. Come and get us. And eventually you win some of those people. It's worth every penny to automate your processes and delegate the trivial.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> well, sure oh, if, if someone's listening uh, or watching us today and they feel like they they want to get in touch with you because they need help in, in their service business, how, how can they find you? How can they get in touch with you?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for asking that. A couple of things that I offer that generally are life-changing for business owners. First of all, my Cleaning Business Fundamentals course. In fact, I happen to have this gigantic, like 650-page manual that people get. It's not just sit here and read a manual, which would bore you to tears and nobody could learn from. It's actually an entire program. Um, and I teach you a formula for business that is step-by-step that will help you dramatically improve your employee retention, attracting better employees who stay longer, increase your profitability, um, and literally create a business that focuses on owner's wealth and income and quality of life. Because I don't believe it's worth business if you don't have both, a good income and a great quality of life. So Cleaning Business Fundamentals, you can just find that and, and sign up for a free consult with me to see if you qualify for my program it's cleaningbusinessfundamentals.com. And it's it's not for everyone, but if you want to get out of the field permanently and build a great business, or if you've been out of the field and you want to get it to the next level, it's been stuck, it's not as profitable as it should be, or there's too much chaos with employee turnover, uh, cleaningbusinessfundamentals.com. The other thing I'd like to invite your um, viewers to is Speed Cleaning for the Pros Conference. And everybody that attends, or most of the people that attend will tell me, Debbie, this is nothing like what I thought. We don't really spend two days talking about cleaning. You really don't need me to teach you how to clean a toilet better. (laughs) Most of you can clean a toilet better than I can. Speed cleaning for the pros is really about, it's not about how fast you clean, it's about how well you clean fast. And I teach you an entire formula and a system for implementing a training program that can be duplicated that creates an objective, standard that you can replicate from employee to employee where the owner doesn't have to do the training. Some of the tools is you leave with workbooks so that you can go back and instantly implement uh speed cleaning for the pros in your company and improve your training, awesome. improve your quality, improve your consistency. Everybody gets the speed cleaning DVD, the updated version. And um, soon we'll be offering the Spanish version of the speed cleaning book and the speed cleaning DVD. It's actually um, in the works as we speak. So my conference is June 29th and 30th in Atlanta, Georgia. And the way you would register is go to debbysardone.com slash events.
1: Awesome. Debbie, can't thank you enough. I know your time is valuable. Um, I definitely got to check out one of these conferences you're at and uh, we got to catch up. And I'm telling you what, if we, if we, two of us could hook up at some point and think a little collaboration and some some level is definitely due. Um, just amazed at what you're doing for the cleaning industry and uh, the service industry as a whole and cleaning for a reason. I mean, that's, that's just amazing. So mm-hmm. um, Cody, if you're good, I'm going to wrap it up. Mike Callahan in New York, Debbie Sardone in Texas right now. Yep. All right. And uh, Cody from the lawn care millionaire studios uh, next week coming up, Tom Kelly uh, owner of be safe organics used to be the owner of lawn dog was the largest privately owned uh, traditional fertilizing company on the East Coast. Uh, Tom ended up selling that, starting B-Safe, and then starting a secondary company, Lawnmark, that does strictly 100% organic fertilizing. Um, in the last three years, scaled that past the million-dollar mark. So Tom's going to uh, lift the hood on how he scaled and grew grew the biggest uh, privately owned uh, fertilization company on the East Coast, and then how he literally took that from it and replicated it again at Lawnmark and created the distributorship um, across the whole U.S., uh, helping people provide a healthy organic solution outside of pesticides. So that should be just an awesome um, showing. And then the following week, uh, Debbie, true to your heart here, you probably know Matt Ricketts, um, from uh, out on the West Coast, owns another massive cleaning company. So we're going to try to keep this up, lawn care, home cleaning, and outside consultants. So until next week, we'll see you next Wednesday, 3 Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Debbie, thanks again. Appreciate it. Cody, we'll see you out in the Lawn care Millionaire studio next week, brother. Yeah, see you next week. All right, Bye, everybody.
0: If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an Estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.